0: Welcome to the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Now here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr.
1: Mike Wall. Well, today we're going on a bit of an adventure to visit our friends in the Armed Forces, specifically the Navy. We're going to see how health is woven into their day-to-day life. Now I'm visiting the HMCS Cabot, which is a Canadian Forces Naval Reserve Division located in St. John's. It's what's known as a stone frigate, which means it's a land-based naval training establishment that's crewed by part-time sailors. Now this is one of 24 naval reserve divisions located in major cities across Canada, and you can see it from downtown just across the harbor. Now I spent time at the Coast Guard and the Offshore Training Center when it was there, which is this building's neighbor, but had never been in this facility. Now, I was lucky enough to get a tour from Executive Officer Tim Woodworth, who showed me around and explained a little bit more about the facility, and then introduced me to Reservist Dean Turpin, who's a bosun, and Sarah Walsh, who's a cook, to learn about their experience in the Navy. Now, I was surprised to see just how important and prioritized health is in the armed services. From proper nutrition to exercise and mental health, there's a priority on keeping their folks healthy. So let's check it out. Hey, Tim, thanks for having me down here today. Uh, Thanks, Mike. It's my pleasure. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about yourself and then what this location is, because I didn't know this whole center was here.
2: I kind of knew it was here, but I didn't really know it was here. Uh, Yeah, we're here at HMCS Cabot, which is a Naval Reserve Division, one of 24 across the country. It's considered a stone frigate, so we treat it as a ship, but it's a stationary building. And myself, I'm the executive officer of HMCS Cabot. My rank is Lieutenant Navy. And I joined in 2000, so it's been quite an experience. I've been on a deployment Op Reassurance in 2016 aboard HMCS Fredericton, and I've been able to train across the country, all over Canada. And that's what we want to talk about today really is, you know, what
1: is the experience like for people? Uh, what do they get out of it? What do they learn when they come through here? And I think when people think about being in the service or being the reservist, they think mostly about like maybe physical training or basic training when it comes to health, because we're talking about health here because of the show today. But what do you guys prioritize when it comes to that aspect of developing an individual here?
2: Yeah, we get students come in. Some of them are still in high school. Some of them are in university, but they have varying levels of experience in in the real world, out uh, away from their families. So, First, when we get a new recruit come in, they learn the basics about military life. But we also do training in ethics, gender-based analysis, basically creating an an inclusive environment where everybody feels comfortable. So ultimately, when they finish basic training, we consider them twice the citizen. So they have a, a tie to the community, but they also have a tie to the military and they're the kind of people that you want to have for your neighbors, basically. That's right.
1: I came from a bit of a military background. My grandfather served in World War II. What's entailed in being a reservist? What is their commitment
2: level? Who can participate? Give me a lowdown on that. Yeah, uh, we have a cross-section of society. We have people from all backgrounds and we don't discriminate uh, between sex, religion, any kind of political background or anything like that. Anybody who wants to join can. Uh, and now this year we can have nationalized citizens for the first year ever, they can join as well. We we welcome everyone. So when somebody joins up, they're expected to become fully occupationally qualified within the first three years. So they have an opportunity to come in and get some basic training. And then they have to do their specific trade training. And regardless of what they're doing in university or college or even in high school, wherever their interests lie, there's probably some equivalent to that in the military, be it in the Army, Air Force, or Navy. So they can find something that really, really applies to them. And then they can gain some real work experience that can be beneficial in the future. What's your goal for the individuals that come to this program? What do you hope that they accomplish by being involved as a reservist? Being in the reserves, they get a chance to really experience what naval or military life is like, and a lot of them go on to be regular force members and make a full-time career out of it. Other people, they want to get a little bit of employment while they're attending university, and when they finish their degrees, they have the option to, if they want to, join full-time, or, or maybe that's enough for them at that point. But at the end of the day, it's all about having people that are well-rounded, well-balanced people who can really contribute to society. we think about the services, like, I mean, obviously people
1: realize these individuals would be trained for combat if that was required, but what are some of the other aspects of the military and service that people may not think of the things that they can help with? For example, my friend Jody Cook was the one who connected me with you guys. She was there helping with some of the relief missions from the hurricane. So what are some of the other aspects other than what people think about with combat
2: for military service? Yeah, the Canadian Armed Forces is kind of like the the last resort for domestic response. Usually we let the local authorities do the best they can first. In extreme circumstances like Hurricane Igor or even uh, 9-11 in the terrorist attack there, that was an instance where the local systems were overwhelmed and they asked for support. Here at HMCS Cabot uh, during 9-11, We housed over 400 people who were stranded traveling. They stayed on cots, they stayed on beds, and wherever they could really find a place to stay, they were here at Cabot. Uh, We provided meals and support, made them as comfortable as we could at that time, provided phones, and uh, they had an opportunity to contact their loved ones. So this was before cell phones, of course, and they really appreciated having private spaces where they could call home and let everybody know they were okay.
1: And I guess that's another part of like contributing to the community, being a good citizen and things like that that come with it. Now, I can only imagine that when people come to this program, and you've seen quite a few people go to this program over the years, they must have a big change. What are some of the changes you see in
2: people as they go through the training
1: and the program and the development?
2: Yeah, it's huge. First, when they come, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do any kind of drill. They don't know how to keep a uniform looking sharp. And really, they probably haven't had a leadership role before they came here. We give them that responsibility. We give them an opportunity to take charge of a a certain activity or event and develop those leadership skills. And those skills will carry on with them throughout their whole lives. So over the years, you see people progressively get more confident in their abilities, and it's really a great thing to see. Yeah, you don't really get that opportunity to evolve that way and when i
1: think about like happiness and health and career fulfillment and things like that later in life these do provide you with a lot of skills that people need to be successful have you seen a lot of people go on but
2: still stay in touch when they've left you guys absolutely we still talk to a lot of the people that retired after a long career they come in occasionally for some special events and we give people an opportunity to maintain their health Uh, We provide time during working hours if people need to go to the gym or want to go for a run. It's important for their physical and mental health. So those are all activities that we can support. And I think you can see the difference that makes. And and people really appreciate their time here. Uh, We've got a very good retention level. People that join tend to like it here. And hopefully we get a lot of new people come in the near future. I think if more people knew about the program that we have here and the welcoming environment, I think a lot more people would join. So Tim, when you talk about inclusion, how do you actually weave that into day-to-day life here? Uh, One of the recent initiatives that uh, the Canadian Armed Forces implemented was the formation of DICAT teams at each NRD. And these DICAT teams are designed for diversity and inclusion. So It's trying to make everyone feel comfortable. We have non-gender specific bathrooms. We have rooms now for people that may be returning from a maternity leave and they need to nurse. So we just want to make sure that we support our members in any way we can. Yeah. And that's one of the things I was really curious about. I always
1: had a background that would lend itself to something that was, I actually thought about going to military route for some of my training in the medical world, but it does seem like health is a priority here. So, you know, I know I'm going to talk to the young people about their experiences here, but how is health prioritized? Because that's something that a
2: lot of workplaces do not emphasize these days, but the services they actually would. Yes. We have a lot of programs that are available. We have the Canadian Forces MAP program, which is the member assistance program. And also we have people who, you know, if someone just needs to talk, uh, their Sentinel program, which is a, a peer support group, which provides people someone to talk to and, and lets them link to other services if they need to avail of those. We have a employee assistance programs. So if someone had financial burdens or things that they had trouble with, we can help out in that way as well.
1: That's a good point. Uh, Financial health doesn't come up a lot, but when it does, it's an important topic. But we're gonna go around now and we're gonna take a look at this facility and see all the different things you do. And I'm gonna learn a little bit more about something that I've been looking at an awful lot over the years, but never really knew much about. So we can go for a little tour around now. That sounds terrific. Today, I'm touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed services here in Newfoundland. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty
0: and for life. We'll be right back after the break. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions. Plus, interviews with today's newsmakers. Your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings. Welcome
1: back. Today I'm touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed forces. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty and for life. Let's check it out.
2: So I'm guessing that this first stop here is the mess. Uh, yeah, we're here in the junior ranks mess, so this is the largest space where people from the ranks of sailor, third class, up to a master sailor can come and after a shift, they can unwind a little bit and, you know, have a chat with their colleagues and just help to build a team. It's all about teamwork. and. If you have to spend a bit of time away from work, you can have a chat about things outside of what you do on your daily basis. So this is a chance for people to bond and have a chat and blow off some steam. Yeah, obviously an important thing and the view here isn't too bad either. Oh, we've got a lovely view St. John's Harbor and just sit back and watch the Harbor traffic. It's It's always a treat.
1: All right, so this is something that really resonates with me right now. We're in a gymnasium.
2: This is a huge place here. Yeah, so our drill deck is basically where we form up for all of our ceremonial drill. And it's also where we do our fitness testing or our annual force test. And this is where people will practice. We'll do a sandbag drag. We'll do different stations that'll ensure that everybody is able to perform in the event of emergency. If they had to, you know, step into a disaster relief mission, for example, if they had to lift sandbags, lift heavy things, they would be up to that challenge. Yeah. And it looks like
1: here as well, this looks like a place where you guys have intramurals and in sports. There's basketball in this is for anybody listening here. So we're in a big gymnasium right here. It's gorgeous, like
2: huge space uh, basketball nets lots of recreation gear all around yeah we've got the same kind of things you'd probably find in a high school which is very familiar to our new recruits who come in they, they can pick up a hockey stick and feel like they're part of a team right away you kind of bridge that civilian life to the military and at the same time you, you get to stay in shape well that's perfect i can see how that could be a good way to bring new team members together uh where are we going to head next Uh, we can head down to the weight room here we've got a modern weight room with some new equipment so this
1: i'm guessing is where people are going to be doing their physical training and making
2: sure they're staying in shape this is a really nice uh fitness facility you have here oh thank you uh recently we had a team that was preparing for nijmegen which is a four-day march in the netherlands 40k a day unfortunately due to covid we didn't get a chance to go but we did a lot of the training and we have the gym to show for that We've got some multi-weight stations, bench presses, and some CrossFit equipment here. Uh, we've got uh, the assault bike and the CrossFit trainer. Yeah, and plenty of free weights and
1: things like that. That's really good because I see, you know, you got your sports sort of training and you got your drills where you can do your, and I'm used to the pair test. A lot of friends in the RCMP, and uh, they do their pair test, but you guys have your physical testing area, and then you got your, you know, your gym and your traditional stuff, which is good. So obviously that
2: part is incorporated into day-to-day life for these people. Yeah, if anybody wants to spend a little bit of time during their day in the gym, we encourage that. And that's something that I think is a good use of time because it not only encourages them to stay physically fit, it also allows them to remain mentally fit and blow off a bit of steam in in the weight room. All right, so now we're walking through an area
1: and looks almost like quarters for people to stay here. Do people actually stay on
2: site at this facility as well? We do have some accommodations. They're typically used for the cadets who come for their training. But in the event of a civil emergency, we have the opportunity to put people up here and provide them a bit of comfort as we did in 9-11. All right. So one of
1: the things about this place is that it is a living, breathing, training spot and right now we're in a really interesting room and actually it's so funny as soon as i walked in here i was like this reminds me of my time offshore because it smells like an engine room and i look and
2: it looks as though there's some form
1: of generator or motor or something in front of us what's this room right here
2: yeah we have a full diesel generator room so it's a it's a motor the same you'd find in, in a Royal canadian navy ship and this is a place where our marine engineers could come and train They can learn about schematics, and they can actually put their hands on a motor, take it apart, and see how it works, and learn about the maintenance of that motor. This is operational, though, right? This thing can power the facility at the same time? Yes. uh, In the event of a power outage, uh, and we needed to have uh, a generator in, in action, we can fire up this motor and power the building. It's definitely a good feature to have in the event of a power outage. You know, we're here in St. John's, we're here in Newfoundland, uh, we're right out in the North North Atlantic, and uh, every now and then we do get power outages. So uh, this is a good backup for us. Okay,
1: so now this place is, again, self-explanatory for me. Looking at it right here, it looks almost like a museum of things in front of us here. You have a lot of history at this location. Can you tell me a
2: bit about what we're looking at right now? Yeah, so HMCS Cabot as an institution has gone through three buildings. We started up in Rabbit Town, then we went over to the Pleasantville facility, and then in 2000, this building was where we brought everything that we had from the previous two buildings. So you see quite a few artifacts from days gone by here, and it's got a rich and colorful history and a lot of things to look at. Tim, thanks so much for taking me around today. It was really interesting,
1: actually. I did not expect uh, to see all the things that we saw here today. Uh, We're starting to wind down here now. I'm going to chat with uh, the two reservists in a second, but what's your message to people that are
2: tuning in that you want to leave them with? Uh, The Canadian Armed Forces is here in St. John's. We have a naval base. The Royal Canadian Navy is represented through our Naval Reserve Division. And for anyone who is thinking about joining, contact one of our recruiters. There's never been a better time to join. Lots of supports here for anybody who wants to maintain their civilian employment or if they're in school. We can work around your schedule. And and I think that if you come down and talk to us, you'll like what you see. Thank you so much. I definitely did. It was
1: very eye-opening today. I'm really glad you guys could have me down here. So thanks again. It was my pleasure, Mike. Thank you. Today, I'm touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed services here in Newfoundland. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty and for life.
0: We'll be right back after the break. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News talk on your VOCM. Welcome back. Today I'm
1: touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed forces. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty and for life. Let's check it out. All right, Dean, thanks for having me here today. Now you've been involved with the Navy for a while. Can you tell me a little bit
3: about your role and what you do here? So my role is the same as just about everybody else here at the unit is to stay prepared and ready. So uh, there's all kinds of ways we do this by uh, a fit and uh, doing our, a yearly force test that's required. We practice our trades, such as myself I'm a bosun, so we'll do a lot of rope work and small boat exercises. So I actually know your father, as funny as that
1: is, from the Offshore Survival Center. How did you get involved with Marine work and the Navy? Was it because of your family, or was it a personal interest for you? So
3: it all started out for my father. He served for 23 years regular force, I believe somewhere around 10 as a reservist himself, and is a fulfilling career with great benefits and pension. And he managed to talk myself and my brother into enrolling for reservist, my brother, reg force. And it's a decision I haven't regretted.
1: Okay, so you've had some different experiences so far. What was one of your favorite experiences
3: when it came to being involved in the Navy? Uh, It'd be hard to handpick one because there's all kinds of experiences where you get to meet new people from all across the nation and see the differences in their uniform mind, their life to mine. You see all kinds of walks to life, but uh, I say I did get the opportunity to do a small sail on an Orca class vessel where we uh, I got flown to Victoria, B.C., and we got to do seven days on an orca sailing from port to port and doing training. I spent some time offshore myself, and I know that life at sea and being on a boat is different.
1: You know, What was your impression of the time that you spent on the vessels, and how does it differ for people that are like listening and may not fully understand what life is like? How would you describe life
3: on a vessel? Uh, the swaying is the first thing you have to get used to you'll find once you find yourself on solid line, you might still think you're rocking, although you're not. But having to set meal plans and everything on a really organized schedule, such as a, a watch rotation, that, that's something that really catches you off guard because you have a set time to sleep, wake, do your fitness and eat, and the meals are were fantastic with all kinds of options. And that kind of
1: brings me to a question right now, being a health and wellness show, one of the things that we always look at is, you know, how is health maintained in different circumstances? And being on a vessel, being in the Navy, that's a whole different ballgame. You are an avid athlete. How does physical fitness play a
3: role in in your job here with the Navy? So right now I'm currently a full-time staff here at HMCS Cabot, and we get the opportunity for one hour of physical exercise a day. And it's not a specific time, it's whatever suits you. So for instance, the workday starts at eight, but I came in for nine because I live in CBS around a half hour away and I bicycled in. So I'll be bicycling home after. So uh, the fitness they really care about here in the forces and our fitness facility we have at this small location is quite large. And there's even bigger one over at uh, Kitty Bitty. And you had athletics your whole life as well too, right? Did participating in
1: sports and being athletic allow you to have more options when it came to things like, hey, I'm going to join the Navy or be in the services because you had that physical fitness?
3: Uh, It certainly helps. And a lot of athletes do see, it. they don't really hear about it often, but for instance, we have uh, all kinds of sports and competitions that you can play. There are some people who almost make a career out of playing sports within the Canadian Armed Forces because there's regionals, nationals, and then there's almost like an Olympics-type sports festivals for military. And with all that put together, some people may have a full-time career, but to spend half that career alone just playing sports. So uh, that really brushes a lot of people the right way when they're, they're contemplating on joining.
1: Yeah. I mean, I chose kinesiology. I was an athlete. I was never a great athlete, mind you, but I was an athlete and I always enjoyed sports and that allowed me to go into a career that sort of embraced that. And that's important. But I think there's one thing that no matter how fit you are, no matter how well you eat, some people are struggling with mental health challenges. And I've got to think that like, you know, people that are serving in the military away from home or they're on a vessel, middle of the ocean. Mental health has to be a bit of a challenge for them. What do you guys do here to help protect people's mental health and support them if they're
3: going through a hard time? So that was a question that was asked higher up in the Canadian Armed Forces, and I believe it was around five years ago they started a program called the Century Program. Now before that, there's a, there's a padre who you can bring up any issue to, whether it's religious or mental health, but the, the Sentinel Program, myself and Sarah are trained in, it's made for people to recognize their peers and so you know your your peers best you know your fellow sailors best so you can see if there's any bit of deterioration in their mental health so they trained us to find the resources that we could help guide them somewhere we're not psychologists we're not physicians we can't diagnose anything but we can definitely help point you in the right direction and the Canadian Armed Forces has all kinds of resources to help all kinds of situations yeah, I think that's important sometimes. I think that people may reach out to their
1: peers, the people that they work with, people that they trust and relationship with. And then if those people know how to handle the situations, they can pass them on to the experts. But sometimes if you have to go sit in a waiting room or go call up a physician, people might not do that. Have you had some experiences where
3: you get a chance to help somebody take that step to get the help they really need? I like to say I was fortunate enough to not find myself in that situation. Here at CABA we have a a fairly high morale and everybody's really closely knit and we were fortunate not that nobody has found themselves in such a deep hole because we have so many opportunities with to speak to people before anything becomes to that point so uh, we're really fortunate here to have a close-knit community do you think it's one of the values
1: of having this training center here in town it allows people to get a feel for it get to know what the lifestyle is going to be like what the job's going to entail but then still have that sense of home if they're from St. John's or from Newfoundland or within driving distance of the base?
3: Oh, it definitely helps you. This is The reserves is one way to keep people prepared and ready, but it's also to get people's foot in the door. So you don't have to go far from home to experience what the Navy can offer and what it's like here. And then if you do like it, which a lot of people have, they could take it to the next step. And then the worst they're doing is going to Halifax, which is, not a whole lot different from here
1: yeah that's true actually the military is a means for a lot of individuals to become a physician as well we have a lot of students in the medical school that go to the route of military to be able to get their training which is something that's uh, a it's important you know i guess the, as we start to wind down here you know what would be your message to people that are listening that you know you said that maybe there's certain things that they're listening to and they're like that kind of appeals to me what would be your advice to somebody who's wanting to find out more about what you guys do here
3: the worst you can do is give it a try. There's no virus holding you back and there's to come in or to go. The uh, the regular force is now doing the Naval Experience Program where you can get one year fully paid, trained, and you can dip your toes into every single occupation. And on top of that, all my best friends that I've made, I've made from the forces. And uh, the camaraderie, the friendships, it's, it's a lifelong thing. There's some people who I've met Back in 2019, when I first joined, I may only talk to him once a year. But when I do see him, it's more so like, "Hey, you want to go for a drink? Let's catch up." It's really, really, really close friendships that are made here. Yeah, and I guess the last question I'd have for you is, you know, what has
1: it done for you? What have you developed or or grown as a result of being involved in a program
3: like this? Oh, definitely. There's a lot of people who go to basic training who were really close to their parents and then they're thrown into it, like all of a sudden they're doing their own laundry, they're figuring out the uh, maybe you shouldn't mix colors together or into <laughs> picking up on hygiene and stuff like that. It, the basic training alone through the structure and the discipline, it makes uh, someone who's fairly unorganized up to a standard that they can function in society on their own. And there's all kinds of programs to even make it better. Even if you find yourself a little behind, if you have any issues, there's, there's something there to help you and there's someone there willing to help you.
1: What about yourself? What's your personal gains from being
3: involved with this? Through basic training, my discipline has increased, like making timings, trying to set a schedule, making plans and having a couple things going at the same time. And with the reserves, I also work full-time civilian side and I'm also in university. So the forces has all kinds of stuff to help me organize myself better. When it comes to physical fitness, not
1: everybody knows how to exercise. And some people may be coming into this because they want to improve their health as part of what their career would be. What resources do you have to navigate that sort of physical
3: activity side of things? So we have the PSP staff. I can't remember the acronym. But we call them the, pretty much the fitness gurus. They can whip you up any schedule from any starting point. They might get you in and get a good measurement of you and understand what your needs are, your goals. And they'll tailor a nutrition plan, a fitness schedule, a routine to have it all set out for you. And as long as you follow that and, and be honest with yourself, you'd, uh, you'd achieve what you want to achieve. And there's all kinds of other programs as well. Although it's the summer right now, they have hockey that's fully funded by the forces. There's badminton, there's ball hockey, there's taekwondo, Jitsu, anything that you can think of, there's somewhere in the forces that you can participate in that activity.
1: That's awesome. And that's, that's important. And you also talked about the games that people can participate in and all sorts of things as well. Well, Dean, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing a little bit about your experience here and some of the things that they're doing for health here in the Navy. Thanks for joining me.
3: No, thank you for coming. It's really good to be able to speak our experiences and get it out there to an audience because we're always recruiting and we're always looking for more people.
1: Today, I'm touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed services here in Newfoundland. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty and for life.
0: We'll be right back after the break. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune in to Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM.
1: Welcome back. Today, I'm touring the HMCS Cabot in St. John's and learning how health is prioritized in our armed forces. From nutrition to exercise and mental health, we're seeing how our service members are staying fit for duty and for life. Let's check it out. Hi Sarah, thanks for having me down here today.
4: Oh, you're welcome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've always driven by this place. I was just saying when I came in here, I did my survival training for the offshore just down the road, and I've been on the Coast Guard vessels a bunch of times, but I really wasn't aware that this facility existed, which is a place where people come and train. What's your role here with the Navy and the services?
4: Uh, With the Navy Reserve, I'm a cook. So I get to work down in the galley and we make products almost every training day.
1: Well, that's good. That's the person I want to talk to because nutrition is one of my favorite things to talk about. And, you know, I spent some time on boats and oil rigs and things like that. And you realize that nutrition becomes a really important part of the day. Is healthy food something you guys prioritize here?
4: Yes, it definitely is. Healthy food, healthy environment. Uh, Food is your escape from day to day life on ship. So we follow the Canadian guidelines for nutrition aboard all of our shifts and across the entire calf.
1: So if you were coming down to your calf chair on a day-to-day basis, what would be some things that you would try and incorporate in to make things healthy? Because you're cooking for a lot of people, which is a challenging thing to make everybody happy, but like you said food is critically important to morale, right?
4: Usually we have multiple options. So, at a reserve unit that's my size, it's usually like three options. So, we have a vegetarian, we have a healthy option, and then we have a regular option. Maybe not the healthiest, but say you go to a base, you're usually going to get your healthy option, you're going to get your vegetarian, you might get one or two mains, and you're going to get your chef's choice, which is whatever the chef decided that night.
1: And I think the people that have spent time in environments that are remote in particular realize just how talented the cooks are because it is so important. If you get somebody who knows how to prepare food, it makes things so much better. And I, I always used to say that people go into these remote locations and they could get really fit or they could go the other direction. But you did some training for how to be a cook as well, right?
4: Yep. Uh, just this past year in 2022, the summer. I got to go up to the base Borden in Ontario, and I did an 11-week culinary school course.
1: That's really cool. That's uh, I think that's an important thing too as it comes to the training side of things. Did you always have an interest in being involved in the forces and being a cook?
4: Um, not necessarily a cook, but I was introduced to the forces when I was in high school by some recruiters, and it really, really intrigued me. It wasn't until I had to pick my options and I saw what there was to choose from. That was like, cooking is something I really enjoy at home. This is something I want to bring to other people and that I want to share because food is sharing, right?
1: It 100% is, plus it's also a position where you get to know everybody and everything that's happening. I feel like I've known a lot of people that came from galleys and ended up being in operations because it's a big, big job to be involved in all that stuff. Are those the types of things you didn't think you'd learn about when you joined the Navy? How is the job different than what you first expected?
4: Um, I'm not really sure. That's a really good question, honestly. It's very different because I wasn't sure of the entire scope of what we did, exactly what we're preparing, because we have different environments for training. So we have our ship environment, you have our land-based galley environment, you have your bases, which serve thousands of people. And then you also have field cooking. So there's so many different aspects and the different ways that we make sure everyone's enjoying their food and enjoying their day.
1: Well, what I think is really cool probably is that you've probably learned a heck of a lot about nutrition. If you're preparing healthy options all the time and vegetarian options, have you learned a lot yourself personally about nutrition?
4: I've learned a lot more, especially when I went to Borden about nutrition and about what choices you should be making. There's no healthy foods, remember that. There's only food. Food is fuel. We want everyone to be able to get through the day, to be happy, to be satisfied. And we actually have a standardized cooking plan. So at every base, uh, at any given day, say you having lunch over in Esquimalt, which is in BC, or you're having lunch in Borden, all of your options should be the same. So we have a food cycle that we cycle through and they all have healthy options that are prepared with dietitians, nutritionists in Canada.
1: I love that. I think that's such a nice perk to be involved in. Number one, you're getting food. But number two, you can actually eat healthy. And healthy eating is something that's really hard to come by these days. Now, I can't help but notice that you have a fractured wrist. Do you mind sharing how you got that? We talked a little bit before we started. I got a bit of an idea. But how did you break your wrist?
4: Uh, Outside of the reserves, actually, I'm a figure skater. I'm a coach and a synchronized skater. So I skate on an adult one team here in Mount Pearl and we were at our annual skill session. It's like our prep season to prepare for next season. And I was turning around and I fell right down and I broke my wrist.
1: That is not an uncommon thing. I broke my thumb skateboarding one time. It's not fun, but it's good that you're getting it taken care of. But that's something that, you know, the reason I asked that, not to give you a hard time with a broken wrist, we've all had lots of injuries, is that physical fitness is obviously something that's important to you too. How does that value that you have lend itself to your career in the Navy?
4: Everyone in the Navy, everyone in the CAF, we're all soldiers first. We all have to be physically active. We all have to be physically fit. We have certain job requirements that not everyone will have at like a sedentary job. Even those who are working in like our ship's office, which is our like accountants type deal, they are required every day to have an hour of PT. So being physically active and physically fit to do your job and to be able to serve the country is really important. And it really lines up with my figure skating. So I'm being active for figure skating for my team, but I'm also being active for my team here at Cabot.
1: I love that and Dean had shared a little bit uh, about uh, some of the physical fitness programs you have here but can you walk me through your perspective on how the Navy helps support your physical fitness
4: yes we have PSP staff so PSP stands for personnel support programs and every month and throughout the year there is different programs on the go so we have jiu-jitsu we have rowing right now because the regatta is coming up so we have a boat Going in there, we also have force evaluation preparation, which is our force assess, which is a physical fitness test we have to do every year for being in the military, and it's one of our standards. And over there, you can get support from these PSP staff who are oftentimes physical trainers. So they're certified PTs, and they help you build a plan towards your goal. If I want to do better on my forces test next year, I can email and get an appointment with them and they can set me up with a plan and we can do check-ins bi-weekly or monthly on how I'm doing with this plan and how I'm reaching my goals. Say I want to get better at something for figure skating. I could even go over there, talk to one of the PTs and they can help me with a plan.
1: Yeah, that's really important. I think it's so nice that you guys have the resources available to be healthy when you need it, but also to learn. I think it's uh, very valuable, especially if somebody's career and their job, like you said, your primary role is to be a soldier, and you know. And uh, I also think it's really fitting that uh, the Navy has a boat in the regatta because I was a rower for a long time, so it's good that you guys have a boat there. That makes a lot of sense.
4: Well, it's it's mostly Army, from what I know. It's uh, especially in Saint John's where it's not so much a big Navy base, we work a lot with the garrison. So there are some rowers who are Navy who are hopefully going to be in the regatta. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they beat us one year. I, I lost to them. The thing was, they started off not having the rowing technique, but by the time the season finished, they were well-trained, and they smoked us in our race. But one of the things, you know, we talked about nutrition, we've talked about physical activity, but mental health. You're a young person. You're in a career that's new. You've gone through a lot of training. Um, there's a lot of responsibility. How is mental health something that's, um, you know, brought to the surface here in the Navy?
4: Um, currently, we have our Sentinel program, and that is... Kind of on the forefront. A big part of uh, the Navy right now is we want to talk. We want everyone to be able to talk to someone and to be able to express how they're feeling. Whether it be in a private sp- setting or a public setting, everyone's giving a floor. So I actually took part in the Sentinel program and I am a Sentinel, a badge Sentinel at my unit. So There's, like, two sides of the sentinel program. So you have your badge sentinels, and then you have your just sentinel trained. Sentinel trained means you did this mental health awareness program. And a badge sentinel works directly with the padre. So a padre is, like, our chaplain. He's multi-faith. You can talk to him about anything, about morale, about problems you're having outside of the calf. And he's there to help you sort out these problems and to direct you in the right path.
1: So when you decided to do this training program, what were some of the things that were most surprising to you when you started to learn more about the struggles people face with mental health?
4: I think one of the most surprising things for me was some of the numbers, if we're being honest. Mental health issues are on the rise. They aren't actually on the rise. They've always been there. We're just talking about them now. So the amount of people who have gone without help for years is really astounding to me that it hasn't been a priority in our overall society until now, until we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, I always say mental health is kind of like an iceberg, There's 20% above the surface and like 80% below the surface. And that's the people that are quietly suffering that we may not know about. Those are programs so that that help their peer support programs that can assist somebody going through a struggling time. But you know, you can train your emotional agility, your mental health, almost like you can train your physical health. Is mental fitness something that's ever talked about here in the Navy?
4: Yes, actually, when I did the Sentinel course, the very next day, we were set up with our PSP staff, because they also provide mental health programs. So they had a mental health fitness program where the entire day, we talked about mental health illness versus mental health. What is a mental illness versus mental health? They're two different things. And we talked about different exercises that you can use to help yourself work through things. And we talked as a group about what each of us did to better our mental health, to get us grounded in our day, and to be able to continue on if we're going through a tough time.
1: Now, that's interesting. It sounds like you've had a really well-rounded... I'm looking, of course, from a health side of things, but you've had a really well-rounded experience when it comes to this. When you look back at what you've gained from your time serving... What are some of the things that stand out to you? Like, how have you developed as a human being as a result of being involved in in, in services?
4: I think I've become a little more outspoken, a little more extroverted, especially here as part of your team. You get to know people. You get to understand people. You get to lead. You get to be able to put yourself out there, and you also have your fire team partners or your... Battle Buddies who will be there for you no matter what.
1: Well, I'm really glad you took the time to share your experience with us today. Thank you so much. And uh, it was really great chat with you and good luck with the rest of your career and your your time with the service.
4: Thank you. It was great to do this interview and I'm really glad that you were able to come and chat.
1: Thank you to my guests, Tim, Dean and Sarah for having me down to the HMCS Cabot today. It was an interesting experience, and honestly, very impressive how health has been prioritized in the Navy. From customized workouts, to healthy food options, to peer support mental health programs, there's a way for almost anyone to stay healthy while serving. Their emphasis on inclusion was also something that really stood out to me, and it looks as though there's been a lot of effort to be current for health, and as a health advocate, that's something that I really enjoyed seeing. Well that's our show this week, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.